Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Karen and I just had like so much sugar. So much sugar. Cause we, so we never got to celebrate Kara's birthday together. Together. Yes, together. Um, like we usually do. So it's been a month ago, but I'm still today. I was like bringing cake and we ate. We it. don't just bring a little cake. We no. do a lot. We, when we say I'm bringing you a snack, it's so a whole much, meal. Cause we know each other. Uh-huh. But man, a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar. We're going to be feeling it now. I already talk fast and I really got to be like, don't talk too fast also don't yell. don't be so excitable don't be so excitable okay we are here with part two, two of when yens met elizabeth which i don't actually know if that's what it's going to be called he's done he's done noter for a bit now he's done noter if you haven't listened to part one yet you need to go yeah it details the way these two ended up in prison and you need to know all of those details about who they are and what they did mm-hmm. before you listen to this one. Yeah. Okay. Right. P.S. This is the Witch's Magic Matter <laughs> and Mystery Podcast. <laughs> hey, I'm Kara. I'm Megan. Quick recap. Elizabeth's parents were brutally murdered. Jens went to trial and was found guilty, sentenced to two life sentences. He hadn't gotten death because in order for him to be extradited from the UK back to the United States... Germany wouldn't allow him to be extradited until the U.S. agreed to take death off the table. Oh, okay. So then Elizabeth had not gone to trial because she'd pled guilty, remember? Right, yeah. And she says that she had manipulated Jens into murdering her parents, but she hadn't even been at the scene of the murders herself. Right, and he's claiming she was... Right, he said that she was the actual murderer, and he'd only taken all the blame off of her because he thought he would have diplomatic immunity. Yeah. Okay, so now they're both in prison. When Elizabeth went to prison, she enrolled in a computer-aided design course and got certified by the American Drafting Design Association and then began to teach the course. Apparently, she was a really good teacher. Several of her students went on to work for Boeing. Oh, wow. Then she learned to train rescue dogs. And they said that she started to treat her students kind of like wounded animals, like she particularly enjoyed finding the students who weren't really into learning who didn't really want to be there mm-hmm. and like making them want to learn oh. that's what a good teacher does right makes you excited to do some weirdly yeah. she was good at this so oh she also became certified as a braille transcriber and started um transcribing books what she started brailing books and then she also finished her bachelor's degree while she was in prison which i looked all over to try to figure out what she got her degree in didn't know couldn't find it she got into watercolors and oil pastels, planning to paint prison scenes in the style of Norman Rockwell, which I wrote here as Normal Rockwell. <laughs> for a while, she also wrote a column about prison life for the Fluvanna, could also be Fluvanna, Review. I think it's oh. Fluvanna, um, which is the local newspaper of the city where she was serving time. Oh. Yeah. So she was super active, really into, yeah, you know, doing a lot of things. 
right and mm-hmm. creative expression so a poem she wrote oh we get to read them okay. yes called an ordinary prison won the Penn american centers prison writing competition which i didn't know was a thing but i like that it's a thing yeah so here's the poem an ordinary household of hungry bleeding women hunched over scores and crumbs burning their hair straight burning their lives down burning their popcorn in a microwave just like ordinary people on the subway I mean, it is really good. Yeah. They're in prison. Right. And anybody could be. And they're right. just living their life the best they can in yeah. prison. Yeah. Just making do. Right. She'd also written a novel and sent it to Writer's House, a literary agency in New York in 1997. Writer's House is like a major, major, really, right. yeah. really good yeah. uh, literary agency. An agent read it and said it showed real literary merit. And he actually ended up writing a letter to the parole board about how talented she was oh wow i know i don't know what being a talented writer has to do with getting parole from murder but yeah you know seemed important i guess so yens also turned to writing in prison Hmm. he published several books and articles one of these was called mortal thoughts which he described as an autobiography of a man who was convicted for a double murder he didn't commit he also converted, I, he says autobiography, which implies it's a book you wrote about yourself. I don't know why he had to say. A man. Yeah. What? He also converted to Catholicism and wrote more books. So his, he realized he wasn't Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> his book, The Convict Christ, was awarded first prize by the Catholic Press Association of North America in 2007. Hmm. He wrote another book called An Expensive Way to Make Bad People Worse, which is a case against the American prison system. He talked about how how much money the U.S. spends on using prison for nonviolent offenses and argued that it drained the budgets and showed little benefit, which I mean, is interesting to think about. And it's going to be inter- even more interesting as we go on here. But it is. He did have violent. Wrong. He had violent offenses. Though. Yeah, this wouldn't apply to him. Yeah. No, but they said that he wrote this book after he came in back into a cell one morning and his cellmate had hung himself. Mm. And so I think something about that, maybe his cellmate wasn't a violent offender right. or something. And that kind of spurred this oh, book. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. So remember the autobiography that he wrote about yeah. that man? Yeah, the man. <laughs> in the book, here's what Jens says happened the day of the murders. Ooh. Okay. So remember the account that we heard in part one? was the story that he gave us his confession in which he took all the blame he off says he Elizabeth. lied about because right. he thought she could have immunity or he could have immunity. Okay. Yes. So here is what he now says really happened. Okay. On the Saturday of their weekend trip in DC, remember they went to lunch? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So at she lunch, like a casual day. Yeah. Elizabeth told him that she started using heroin again and now owed her dealer money. In order to pay back some of her debt, She'd agreed to pick up a drug shipment in D.C. and take it back to Charlottesville. She said if she didn't do this, her drug dealer was going to tell her parents about the drugs. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Since when do you care what your parents Exactly. Say? Like, you haven't all along. Mommy and daddy can't know. She asked him to buy two tickets to two movies, like two tickets to this movie uh-huh. and then two tickets to another movie. So it looked like they were going together. So she was like, do that to establish an alibi for this drug run I'm going to do. But then she didn't return on time, so we actually ended up. <laughs> it's my two o'clock alarm. Two o'clock. Some days I return it off. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> the reason I set, in case anyone's ever wondered, <clears throat> a two o'clock alarm is strictly so Megan knows it's two o'clock. That is 
all. <laughs> like, I do that throughout the day. I get up at 5 a.m. I have an alarm that goes off at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and 7 a.m. Not in case I sleep in, because I don't. Just so she remembers. So I won't get so lost in whatever I'm doing that it won't suddenly be like, oh, crap, the kids are late for school, <laughs> you know? And the two o'clock alarm is my like, oh, you need to get home soon because your kids are coming home from school. Yeah. <laughs> I have to set alarms because I have no concept of time. So <laughs> that's that's where we are. Here right. we are. All right. So she didn't return on time from the drug run for the movies. So he ended up buying one more ticket to a midnight showing of another movie. I think they said it was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, man. Which can you imagine going to a midnight showing of that alone? Oh, my gosh. As Jens, like who's. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't seem like a fun guy. A fun guy. He's a like a guy. mushroom. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a mushroom. A little, little spore. <laughs> so he was annoyed because she wasn't back yet. So he's like, I'm just going to watch another movie by myself. Then after the movie, he went back to the hotel. He ordered room service. And when Elizabeth finally returned, she had red-brown smears on her arms and said that she had killed her parents. She begged him to use the movie ticket thing to help cover for her. Oh. So it was going to be an alibi for a drug run, and now it's an alibi for murder. Elizabeth says this is a lie. She's like, the only drug I have ever used in the United States was marijuana. She makes that distinction about in the United States because remember when she was in boarding school? Oh, yeah, yeah. She went a little wild. She did other stuff. She said that her own court testimonies about drug use had been efforts to explain why she couldn't control her emotions and to avoid telling people about the incest that she was victim of from her mother. Remember we talked about her mom having her undress and do the photos? Mm Mm-hmm. I do want to say this real quick. Number one, explaining why she couldn't control her emotions. She does have, she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which. She goes from one extreme to another. Could be. Yeah. Why she couldn't control her emotions. Another thing is, in another article, and I didn't write it down here, but I mean, all the sources I used are in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But another article that I read, there's a cousin who mentions how. After so many years in prison, she's a completely different person now that she used to be because the first time when I met her, she was a heroin-addicted teenager. Right. Or heroin use as a teenager, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, so that would imply that she had done heroin. And I mean, she's not saying she never did heroin. She's just saying she never did it in the United States. But I still wonder, I don't know, how addictive is heroin? How easy is it to walk away from? Right. If she did it once, would it not be super easy to do again? I don't know. And since when has she ever cared? Exactly. She's super reckless. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. And then about the incest thing. So remember how she had told her, she had told Jens that her mother yes. made her take her clothes off and pose mm-hmm. for pictures. When she got back or whatever. She had actually showed him those pictures. So this wasn't just a story. Mm-hmm. Apparently those photographs existed. Oh. She had denied this at trial, but now admits it happened. She said that what her mother did to her made it hard for her to know how to handle it when she actually fell in love. And she is saying that she truly, really loved Yen. She thought he was her soulmate. Yeah. But that she didn't know what to do or how to handle it because she said in an article in The New Yorker, which I think there are three New Yorker Yorker articles in the sources, which are really, really great. I got so much really good information about this case from those. So she said, when your mother is your lover, you get confused by affection. Oh, gosh. And the thing is, you hate to doubt someone saying something like that. It's also like when you put the whole picture together of Elizabeth, it's like hard to believe anything she said. She was wild. So I don't want to say anything bad about the mom. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if the mom did those things, that's horrible. Right. And even if the pictures do exist, which I'm still not 100% clear Mm -hmm. on, it doesn't seem like they were ever introduced at trial or anything, because why would they have been? Right. Um, None of that was ever in a part of it. But like. 
she was an artist. Is there some sort of, I don't know what kind of artist she was. Right, exactly. But is it something like sculptures? Like, was she taking pictures to sculpt later? I have no idea. Yeah. So I mean, you get paid to go stand nude for yeah. people to draw. And that's what I see on TV can... anyway. Yeah. I assume that's a real thing. Okay, so as you can tell, Jens and Elizabeth have both stuck to their own versions of the events. Mm. One article pointed out that they disagree about things that don't even really matter. Just like random details that have nothing to do with the murder. Like, and people are like, okay, guys. There's just one thing. He talks about how they went to his grandmother's apartment and there was a balcony. And Elizabeth's like, there's no balcony. I would have smoked out there if there was. I'd remember. What? Like, who cares? She also says they never had sex until after her parents were murdered, which he says is not true. But again, who cares? Like, right. What does that have to do with anything? Right. Elizabeth does seem to take responsibility for the murders, calling it her crime. Oh. But then she maintains she was never at her parents' home the night of the murders. Hmm. Still, Jens has never stopped proclaiming his innocence. For years, German officials have fought for Jens to be released back to Germany. Okay. Multiple Virginia governors have rejected his bids for pardons or clemency. And in 2010, the governor actually agreed to let Jens go back to Germany to serve time. But then the next governor came into office and reversed that decision. Oh. And Jens stayed in Virginia. Oh. Jens became eligible for parole in 2003, giving him 14 opportunities for parole and 14 rejections. Oh, wow. Another fun fact. The state of Virginia actually abolished parole in 1995, but if a person was convicted before that, they can still seek parole. And Elizabeth became eligible for parole in 1995. Like Jens, all of her requests were denied. Well, yeah. I feel like I'm having trouble saying the word eligible. Eligible. Maybe because of all the sugar. <laughs> I don't know. So now let's go all the way to 2019. They have okay. been in prison. They've both been pretty productive. They've been writing a whole lot. They've been applying for parole. It's never coming. Right. Forward. Right. In January of 2019, Jens went up for parole and like usual, he was rejected. Then, so what, they're in their like 40s now or something? Or older. 50s? Yeah. Yeah. Older. Then in November of the same year, Jens and Elizabeth were both suddenly paroled. They had just, or Jens at least, had just been denied in January after being denied 13 times before. But in November, suddenly they're paroled. A statement released by the chair of the state parole board said the following. The parole board has determined that releasing Jens Soaring and Elizabeth Haysom is appropriate because of their youth at the time of the offenses, their institutional adjustment, and the length of their incarceration. The release and permanent expulsion from the United States is an enormous, enormous, does not have a T at the end of it. It's an enormous cost benefit to the taxpayers of the Commonwealth of Virginia. <laughs> if you're not watching the YouTube video, she just jerked forward. <laughs> and we have determined that their release does not pose a public safety risk to the community. As part of their parole, Jens and Elizabeth were both deported, Jens to Germany and Elizabeth to Canada, and they're prohibited from ever returning to the United States. Okay, but... Uh-huh. Another condition of Jens' parole is that he cannot have any contact with any member of the Hasem family, including Elizabeth, which I don't think is a problem. They haven't had any contact since right. they got into prison. Jens was 18 at the time of his murders and 53 at the time of his oh, parole. Okay. Elizabeth was 20 when her parents were murdered and 55 when she was released. Wow. Mm-hmm. Jens was a little disappointed because he'd hoped for a, like a pardon because right. he's just like I'm innocent but yeah of course he's happy to be out of prison either way well, yeah. right? he also said he wasn't given a reason why he and Elizabeth were suddenly paroled he was just 
called to the watch office where the head of the parole board informed him he'd been paroled. He said it took 10 to 15 minutes. And the next morning, here's your stuff. Goodbye. They sent him to the Immigration and Customs Enforcement to be deported. It was very quick, very sudden, out of nowhere. Oh, wow. Obviously, this move was criticized because the decision, they make it sound like it's just a a cost-benefit thing. Right, exactly. That's why I was like... Which is a complete insult to the rest of the the victim's family. Yeah. And it's not got anything to do with any remorse expressed by Jens and Elizabeth for what they did. And I never read anything that said either of them expressed remorse right. like all of yens has been a lot more public um basically because he's just so um advocating for his own yes. innocence whereas elizabeth hasn't done a lot of public speaking no. i think she only did like one interview with this new yorker guy hmm. so we hear more of yens information than her okay. like more of his side right. of the story but neither of their stories have changed and they no. mostly just talk about themselves and each other and they were convicted of murder I didn't see much that was murdering like, two people happened. in a horrible yeah, way. Right. It was a brutal murder. Yeah. You you slashed their throat and then continued to stab them. The first murder you ever commit in your life and you do two people and you throat slashing is the um, way you choose to do it. If what he's convicted of is actually right, what happened. Right. That's the other thing. So, and to be fair, when the parole board had denied his request just 10 months earlier. You know, like now they're right. like, oh, they're like we Goodbye. think it's a good cost benefit thing yeah. and it's okay because they were so young when they did this and they've, they've mm-hmm. done really well since they've been incarcerated. Right. They've published and so the many length, things. They specifically said the length of time they've been incarcerated. Mm-hmm. But in January, 10 months earlier, they said release at this time would diminish the seriousness of the crime. Right. But 10 months later, it doesn't. It's 10 months later. It's okay. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I'm still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top-of-the-line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay, so I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm-hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's right. gonna be so tangled not with this one nice. and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o-beauty.com 
using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Summer is the season of hot temperatures, outdoor adventures, and refreshing water activities. Summer is also the season of rough on your feet, causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market, created with your foot health in mind. Pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24. Another fun fact. This is the last fun fact. Uh Since 2014, Virginia has approved only 6% of parole cases. So they're doing okay financially. (laughs) Yeah, they don't need to cut corners anymore. Um, So is there more to it than just the cost benefit? And do they just not want to say that for some reason? Right. There may be. Um, There's actually quite a bit of support for Yen's Innocent. Oh. Innocence. <laughs> and not just in Germany. Although in Germany, it's a big deal. Um, I can't think of the name of the German president. Right. But she wrote a letter to Obama that was, like, talking about it. There, The former president got involved. The, oh, uh, wow. Several of the, like, big wigs in the German government were here. They came to some of the parole hearings. And they're, like, the oh, entire, wow. like, we are all very convinced of his innocence. Like, it's a big thing. Germany really fought to get him back. Part of me wonders... If that's why he was released, yeah, because they're throwing such a big fit about yes. it, and you can't like, release him and not her. who who committed the murder. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He was convicted of it, and not her, right? right? So you'd have to you'd have to release them both. Mm-hmm. So first, there are some procedural issues. Okay, beyond the fact of Germany wanting it, when Jens had been questioned by the Virginia police while he was still in London, there was no lawyer present. Oh, he says he repeatedly asked for one. Mm-hmm. However, he was given a solicitor waiver form and he signed it. Oh. And but if he well no, he's been in the US for a bit. I was gonna say if they do something different in Germany then yeah. what if he's like I'm just signing. But there's still a form. Right. Exactly. You can read it. Yeah. Remember how he's a Jefferson scholar? He's real smart. He he knows how to read. Um he says he only signed it because one of the detectives was like, I will hurt you if you don't. What? And that's not documented. The threat's not documented. Say also, that to I, a murderer. I don't know. Yeah. Still Detectives say this claim is absurd, but it's been argued that allowing a confession that took place in another country without a lawyer to be entered in Yen's trial here in the United States Mm -hmm. violated his Fifth Amendment rights. I mean, yeah. Yen's trial attorney, Richard Neaton, admitted to having a drug problem while representing Yen and was actually disbarred later for reasons that had nothing to do with Yen's case. Great. But you think if he had had a a competent attorney, they might have brought up that Fifth Amendment right thing at the trial. The judge in the original trial, William M. Sweeney, he knew Nancy Hasem's brother. So that would have been Elizabeth's uncle. Like he'd been to a party at their house. Mm -hmm. He and her brother went to school together. So like he really knew them. Yeah. He'd also said in an interview prior to the case, 
As far as the acts themselves, I don't think Elizabeth planned that all out. It was like, double dare you. I think she was shocked he took the dare. He said this before the trial. Yen's attorney had actually filed a motion for a new judge because of this. Yeah. But then Sweeney had ruled that there wasn't a conflict of interest. Which it just doesn't seem like that should be allowed. <laughs> like, really? like, you're the judge in question and you also get to decide. I don't think this is right, guys. No, I'm fine. I'm going to stay here. I can be completely objective. I'm going to stay like, here. You can't. What? Yeah. And then remember, I mentioned in the last episode, there's the FBI profile mm-hmm. um, where an FBI profiler whose last name is mm. Solzbach mm-hmm. said that the crime had been committed by a female who knew the family. Right. Yeah. Um, he had settled on Elizabeth as the murderer. Right. However, one of the detectives on the case says that no profile was created. Oh. And no report was entered in evidence at Yen's trial. So he's just assuming. But other people refer to this report. They refer to this profile. So I'm like, I don't where, even know what to believe. Where to go, where to come from. And they named the, they didn't just say generic FBI. Pro, they gave right. him a name. Yeah. This guy made the profile. Yeah. Okay. So then there's actual evidence. Okay. That may point to Yen's innocence. Yeah. So this one's fairly minor, but you know, it's part of the big picture. Mm-hmm. Yen's had been wrong about some of the details, like what Nancy had been wearing the okay. night of the murder and the position of Derek's body. I don't know how much that matters, but it's just on the list. There were 42 pieces of DNA evidence tested in 2009. Because remember, in the early 80s, they just didn't have that kind of technology. Of those, 31 were too small or degraded to tell anything. But the 11 remaining samples excluded both Yen's and Elizabeth. Yeah. Those samples weren't big enough to match to anyone, but they couldn't exclude them. So the thing is, what that means is it's possible that those belonged to the victims. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess it just leaves open the possibility that's what those things. Right. But we know that they weren't Yen's or Elizabeth. Okay. Which would imply that they didn't find any of their DNA there. Right, exactly. Because right? they would mention that. Mm-hmm. In 2017, um, Yen's parole lawyer said that the University of Richmond School of Law's Institute for Actual Innocence. Actual Innocence. Actual. I kept trying to figure out, like, did they put that in there because it spells out something? Um, but it doesn't. No. It's I-A-I. Anyway. They supported Yen's pardon based on the DNA evidence that excluded him. Huh. So what I just told you about with those yeah. samples was enough for them to be like, yes, he should be pardoned. Right. There are also some unidentified fingerprints, including uh, one on Derek's shot glass. Oh, yeah. I remember you so mentioned who's that. there? Who was there? Mm-hmm. This is the one we're going to spend the most amount of time talking about. Okay. The bloody footprints. Please tell me that it's like the Earth life cycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how at the crime scene, there were the bloody footprints. One with a tennis shoe on. One sock. One just sock. Mm-hmm. That sock print was one of the main pieces of evidence against Yen's at trial. Right. The prosecution's expert witness, by the way, was not an expert on footprints. Okay. So I don't know why he was the expert witness. But yeah. He said he was able to match he was the it. one that was free that day. Yeah. So we're going to call you our expert. But he said he was able to match it perfectly to Yen's. And in 2018, an FBI agent was like, that's bunk. Like, you can't. Yeah. What well, do you mean you can match it perfectly? If you're matching it's a, a sock, sock print. I was going to say, socks aren't like a six and a half and it's going to like, yeah. the sole looks like this. It, I mean, unless it has a random hole on the toe. Yeah. You buy a pack that of socks. That would be matching the sock, like, though. Yeah. Not the print. Yeah. And then that FBI agent also said that Salzbach, the guy who created the profile mm-hmm. that may or may not exist, 
had matched the sock to a female in his report. Right. That report that went away. I just don't know. A private detective was hired by Yen's parole attorney. And the detective was like, I will look into everything. Mm -hmm. But if I find stuff that implicates him, that says he's guilty, I'm not going to hide that from you. So you need to be okay with whatever I find. And they were like, yeah, that's totally fine. So he too says the sock print isn't convincing. And he wasn't able to match it perfectly to any of the footprints from Elizabeth or Yens. Hmm. He also said he was troubled by inconsistencies in Elizabeth's testimony, but didn't find anything that proved Yen's innocence either. So we're still in this whole area of like, what, what the hell yeah, happened? What? So Elizabeth has said that she believes that the sock print belonged to her mother. She wasn't uh, wearing tennis shoes. And Elizabeth is like, maybe she walked through her own blood, mm-hmm. which could be. If it doesn't match right. Elizabeth. And that's a female. Right. And apparently this was like a big show in court. That expert witness had resized the crime scene photograph of the footprint or the sock print. Right. To the scale of Yen's footprint that the police had taken. And then he printed Yen's footprint on a transparency and he overlaid it on top. You know, it's almost oh like the gosh. does the glove fit moment of yes. like and it appeared to be an exact match. Oh, my gosh. A former deputy attorney of Virginia named Gail Starling Marshall, which is such a powerful name. She examined Yen's case and supports his innocence. She thinks the sock print is ridiculous. She's like, it's a smeared sock. It's not a unique print. It's not like a fingerprint. It's similar to like a handprint with gloves on. Right. She had her own experts look at it, and they were like, it's not a perfect match. And they agreed with the analysis from that Salzbach guy oh my gosh. that said the sock print belongs to a female or possibly a young boy. It was just too small to belong to Yens. Hmm. Even one of the original detectives on the case, oh who gosh. was, remember when Yens wrote that letter when they went out of town? When they went Dear across so the country? So and so. This is Chuck Reed. He was one of the detectives named in that letter. That detective was like, if Yens hadn't confessed, I have my doubts about whether he could have been convicted based on what little physical evidence we actually had. Oh. Which is true. If you look at it, there isn't a lot. No, there's not. There's another guy, a Virginia sheriff named Chip Harding, who agrees that the evidence is questionable. 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 He's like, if Yens were tried today, I don't think he'd be convicted. Oh. So he points to the blood evidence. So we talked about that DNA. Mm, right. And remember how there's type O there? Yes. Which is Yen's blood mm-hmm. type? And there was what, B? Yes. Yeah. But the type O, even though that's Yen's blood type, it's not his. It doesn't match his. Right. And then there's the blood type B there, which is Elizabeth's type, but she wasn't supposed to oh, be, be there. there. And also, we already said the DNA already ruled her out. Mm-hmm. There is a spot of type AB blood that belongs to an unknown male. And Chip Harding has this theory. He's like, because of that, mm-hmm. he's like two unknown men and Elizabeth were all at the home at mm-hmm. the time of the murders. And Jens was not. But man, if that's true, who are those two guys? And how have they like what kept they their mouth shut this whole time? It lines up with his story. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Jens, what if she was lying about that too? Yen's story that she told or that he told the police originally when he was in the UK mm-hmm. and he gave that what he calls a false confession that matches up with the evidence too. Cause he mm-hmm. talked about how he exactly. stabbed Derek and then Derek got up and in the kitchen and the, yeah. How did he know that? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we all I'm sure have seen plenty of 
footage or heard stories about police interrogation and how sometimes they lead you to an answer. Right. Or what if she came back and immediately told him, this is what happened. I've got a cover for me. I don't think she told him. If she did it, I don't think she told him that the other two men were there. Right. But what if she was like, dad stumbled and like touched the chair? She could have given him details. Mm -hmm. So, and then there's Yen's personality, I guess. Like he makes the argument where he's like, look, if I was going to kill somebody... I would have been methodical and precise, and it all would have been planned out. The murders were chaotic and hectic and messy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that is a, it's a valid point. Even with the picture I've painted for you here of Elizabeth and Mm -hmm. Jens, Elizabeth is the chaotic, hectic, messy one. And And he he is more quiet and controlled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doesn't make him any less, you know, he could be completely Mm -hmm. terrifying, but the style of the murder Right. Is really something. Right. And he'd only met these people once before, and it seemed like a really personal crime. Mm-hmm. Gail Marshall, she agrees about his personality. She says, ever since he's come to prison, he's had perfect behavior. Right. She said, usually even the most placid prisoners have at least one infraction. He's had zero in like 30 years. And he's looking into the issues of the prison. Right. And she finds it hard to believe that this guy, she described him as bookish. So, obviously, she thought he was really oh, hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, clearly, he must be yeah, real smart, sexy. really hot. Um, would commit this crazy, brutal murder and then go on to have perfect behavior. Right. In what she described as, like, one of the most stressful environments mm-hmm. ever. Here's another bit of info from Gail that I think is interesting. When she started looking into the case and making it known that she had questions, mm-hmm. a former deputy sheriff in Bedford County came to her and said that within days of the Hasem murders... He had picked up a couple men who looked like homeless, disheveled, derelict, whatever, Mm -hmm. unkempt. (laughs) Yeah. Not long after the crime, there'd been a murder where someone was stabbed repeatedly in Roanoke, which wasn't far. Mm -hmm. So when he saw these two guys looking the way they did, he was a little suspicious. He ultimately ended up letting them go. But then he discovered a knife in the backseat of his car. Like, I guess maybe they'd left it or something. Yeah. And I guess prosecution must have known about this because when Gail heard about it, she's like, well, that's a Brady violation Mm -hmm. because the prosecution didn't share anything about this event with Yen's defense. So here's the thing. If Elizabeth's version of events is true, that means Yen's savagely murdered two people he'd met only once before. Right. Just so he could keep seeing his girlfriend. Right. But if Yen's version of events is true, after learning that this new girlfriend of his had just like savagely murdered her own parents. Right. He was like, cool, let's stay together. I love you and I will tell falsehoods for you. (laughs) So you're safe. Yeah. But she didn't know that, actually. Well, he says that she convinced him to confess because of the death. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing is they could have killed them together, but that doesn't seem to be supported by the evidence either. Right. It feels like there has to be something we just don't know that would make this all click into Mm -hmm. place, but we don't have it. Right. Is Yen's version true as far as he knows it? Because he never knew that Mm -hmm. there were other people there with Elizabeth when her parents were murdered, Mm -hmm. if that's what happened. I mean, that's what we were talking about a minute ago. Like, maybe the drug dealers were there. Yeah. Or maybe she was a drug dealer and yeah, they all were just trying to get money from her parents. Right. It does seem that the impression of Jens before the murder was mm-hmm. that he was kind of a jerk and not super likable. But the impression of Elizabeth was that she was wild. Yeah, wild and, and uncontrollable. Yeah. They were both arrogant. 
But that letter that she wrote, too, of saying that she could get any man to do anything that she wanted. I mean, what if she did get? And there were two. There was evidence that she had had like other flings with men during her relationship with Jens, which I mean, Jens was like when the reporter showed him the letters, it like hurt. It hurt him. Yeah. Because he's like, I had this narrative in my head that if it wasn't for the murders, we, you know, our life could have gone completely differently. And now that's not true. And I was just like, dude, like put the torch down. Come on. But. I who know I still have no idea what happened. No, that's the that's all I've got for you. And just there's like just a million questions, and now they're free. Just and doing she's whatever. in Canada, and he's in Germany. I assume they're not allowed to return here, but they may not have stayed there either. And that's all we've got. That's wild. I know. So, do you think? What do you think? I think I'm going with the theory that she had two other men helping her. Either they were drug dealers, or she just convinced these two men to help her. Mm-hmm. I think that he knew about the murder, so he's like, what conspiracy? Not conspiracy. What is it? The, like what she got convicted of? Yeah. Accessory to murder. Yeah, for accessory the fact. to murder. Yeah, yeah. And then because they the wrote to each other about it, she talked about how. Yeah, it wasn't a secret that she wanted her parents dead. Mm-hmm. Clearly, but I just don't know. I just have no. I cannot yeah. decide. The other part would be, why would she plead guilty to accessory to immediately, murder, right, and not say anything unless she thought the drug dealer would kill her? Like right. why? You know, mm-hmm. maybe she knew the letters would be found. Yeah, and that's why she knew she couldn't just pretend she had no yeah. idea. But like, what's the point? If you're going to be in prison anyway, why not just go ahead and yeah. Admit to doing it. Why did you bring Yens into it? Yeah. So that's weird. But right. also trying to understand. Unless she thought the that eventually he would get diplomatic immunity and so she's Maybe. stuck with it. Or, I mean, he didn't get the death penalty. He couldn't get the death penalty, but she mm-hmm. could have. Right. Probably. Yeah. She was officially a Canadian citizen, though. So maybe Canada could have made the same argument maybe. That, that Germany made, but who knows? Oh, man. Or maybe, you know, she gave her confession Without knowing what Jens had already said. Because remember, she didn't right. know that Jens had taken mm-hmm. all the blame. So she probably, maybe she had told him that she killed her parents. And so she's like, shoot, he's telling them all about so it. So I'm going to say this much. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, what if she had said, because Jens, in his confession, took all the blame off her mm-hmm. and said she had nothing to do with it and didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. If she had just said that in her confession, I bet they never would have. Right. Although the letters still say it in there. But the letters also show that she planned, helped plan yeah. and they didn't, that doesn't matter because his confession overrides mm-hmm. everything. Don't ever talk to police without a lawyer, you guys. <laughs> just don't. I don't care if you're innocent. Just don't. Yeah. And here we are. Just sitting here wondering. And we'll never know. This no. is one of those we'll never, ever know. So crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's it. That's part two. I would super, super love for you guys to let us know what your, your own theory is. And yeah. What you think. Um, the best place for that would probably be the Facebook group yeah, or the Patreon if you're mm-hmm. in the Patreon. So leave some comments either place because right. I super want to know. Like I've been obsessing over this for a few days. Yeah. Okay. Man, I'm going to just be yeah. thinking about it all the time now. So you can find the links to the Facebook group, the Patreon, everything. Oh, yeah. All in the show notes. In the show notes. Um, we do have a merch store that we're getting ready to update with some new like warmer weather merch, mm-hmm. um, which we're just wetting us some samples. So hopefully by the end of may but the link to that is also in the show notes Mm -hmm. and that's all yeah okay we love you so much goodbye goodbye